0: Hey, how's it going everybody? This is Joey Galvez, and you are listening to The House of Indie right here on The Gate Collective, an age of radio network. Welcome to another episode of the House of Indie. My name is Joey Galvez, and just like always, I have a special guest on the line, and it is the independent creator of We Are Scarlet Twilight, issue number one, and it has been funded on Kickstarter. I have Benjamin Morse here. How's it going, man?
1: It's going great. How are you doing?
0: I'm doing wonderful. So I, I was talking to you a little bit about, be, about what we're going to do here before the show, and I told you that your episode is going to kick off kind of like a little mini uh, out of order whenever I feel like it uh, series where I talk about, where I go and search Kickstarters, and I look through them, and I reach out to the creator. We have an interview, and hopefully by the end of this, you have talked me into purchasing your items, so that's what we're gonna <laughs> do <right>. here, man. <laughs> no pressure. <laughs> no pressure. Cool. What's awesome about this is it's it's kind of like a pulpy type comic book. Uh Super cool. I read the first eleven pages, and uh, I gotta tell you, I love the artwork. I love the pacing. Uh, it was r- really, really uh, cool looking. And man, uh, the price point of these books, these digital books that you're you're putting out there on Kickstarter. Nobody can beat that right now at all. So uh, tell us number one, tell us a little bit about the book, uh, the characters and all that kind of stuff really fast. And then we'll get
1: into it. Okay. Well, uh, the the book we are scrolling twilight is about a 1930s uh, all American pulp hero. Um, I should put an asterisk in there. He is maybe not really all of those things, but he tries. <laughs> Um, And he is working to rid the New York City of the 30s of this horrible cult called the Scarlet Twilight. And uh, as, he, as his adventures unfold, he gets in a little bit over his head, wakes up in the future, realize he's helped create his own, the, his uh, arch villains have become super powerful. It's a little bit his fault. And he finds himself in a spot where he has to pick up the pieces and, and try and take them down.
0: And, and that is what intrigued me when I read the kind of the, the little uh, synopsis there, the log line there, I was, I was pulled in. The story sounds really intriguing. Sounds really cool. Um, but the artwork is what really <laughs> got me, man. And, and I was like, this looks really cool. And that little kind of uh That uh, Kickstarter video that you have there, I was like, oh, this is this is exactly what I would want out of a Kickstarter video for a book like this. So
1: (laughs) heavily influenced by uh, if you look at the old Flash Gordon trailers, which I'm a huge fan of those um, Buster Crab serials really just looked at those. "Okay, there's there's a really good, uh, I would say, similarity in the fact that they were selling a comic brought to the screen. And I thought, okay, there's there's a good template here mm-hmm. and uh, ran with it. So there's a lot of fun to put together as well.
0: That's awesome. So uh, tell us a little bit about what you do here. Uh, I, reading through your Kickstarter page here, you're doing it all, aren't you?
1: I do everything. Yeah. And that's one of the reasons I am able to, I looked at Kickstarters, I looked at the fees, looked at the printing and thought, how do I just because I'm a one-man army here? Yeah. I don't really have to worry about all right. We got to make sure this person's worth their time, that person, and I can just focus on getting the story out there and mm-hmm. and you know making sure it's priced that it, you know I don't get in trouble there, but but also yeah. can just make it a low barrier to entry. And uh, as far as what I do, I I, I essentially do it all. I kind of start with the idea um, of what I'd like to draw. I've been wanting for a long time to do a pulp, 1930s yeah. the shadow early Batman, the Phantom type thing. Yeah, had had the idea kicking around for a few years. but I didn't really have, what in my opinion, had enough value to a reader beyond just emulating that cool old stuff. Mm-hmm. And early this year, a few more ideas kind of coalesced, and I thought, all right, that's enough. I think there's enough value there, enough story, enough character. That I can build a story around this, so it's going to be a four-part uh, miniseries.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: It's a you know starts off in 1930s. He wakes up in a very 1930s-inspired future, so it's still going to have that Fleischer Brothers, uh yeah. pulp look, Fritz Lang's Metropolis mm-hmm. type of environment, and uh, yeah, and that's that.
0: Uh Man, I I I love this story. I love this. I, I'm always I'm a sucker for like a future story or like a post apocalyptic uh <laughs> story. Dude, but I'm looking at all of your um your price points. Nothing is over eight bucks. Like you got physical copies yeah. at five and eight bucks, and digital copies at one and two dollars. Like that's unheard of. How are you making money from I think this, it's
1: man? Pretty comfortable. Well, i make it a little. I I worked at my page rate is pretty low.
0: Uh, okay.
1: Honest, <laughs> it's <but> you <laughs> it, you know my objective here was to test the waters with crowdfunding. Okay. I uh, I have a book coming out later this year uh that I is completed and I did last year
0: mm-hmm. and
1: it's going to be released with Action Lab. Okay. And you know it's been uh sort of frustrating for for them and for me I think to see you know the comic industry is in such flux because of the pandemic there's other changes then cascading down with Diamond and you know all that stuff too. So We kind of looked at do we want to push this out on digital? Do we want to? And I said, let's just wait until we have a really good plan on bringing it out and we can do the best we can with it. So that was my plan for that. That book's called August Purgatory Underground. And in the meantime, though, it is awfully frustrating when you're that excited about something to just sit there and wait. (laughs) So (laughs) I had had this other idea kicking around for a long time and it finally, like I said, in about January, clicked. And I thought, yeah, there's enough there to not just be like, here's me recreating some pulp stuff and maybe some science fiction stuff on top of it. I had a good, you know, enough of a hook, I thought. And uh, so in some ways it became like, here's what's good and bad about doing it through a publisher. And then here's what's, why don't I turn around and look at what I can do on my own with crowdfunding? So my goal there was to obviously never end up in the red. I built in some safety there and so far doing okay there. But my goal was to just say, look at the printing, do it print on demand, so I don't have to worry about say getting a thousand copies and hoping I can pay for them
0: yeah, or so fail
1: I'm- and not get it out to anybody. Cause the, cause I have to set a huge goal and then don't make it. Um, I think, well, I'm a new creator who's going to, you know, I'm not going to come on and be like, Hey, I need to make $10,000 to make this happen. And nobody's ever heard of me. So I thought, let's just do it the way that scales. Uh, it could be one copy and then it would, you know, just figure out the shipping, figure out the printing, build a little bit of a safety net. And, uh, and that was the plan yeah. essentially. The support has been, I, I have to say, amazing. It's already like blown past any expectations I had, and uh, it's it's humbling. And I uh, really, uh, that support has been huge. So, uh, just doing that, I'm looking at ways to scale it up and, and see if I can get some cool stretch goals in there. I did not exactly expect to have as many backers <laughs> yeah. as I have. So, so that's is, great, and that's the goal. Good. I wanted something that hey, if this turns out where I set a, a, a fifteen hundred goal just to just to have like a modest goal, and figured, hey, I just want to get this out there, and I want to, you know, like I said again, not lose money, but if it's something where a hundred people end up at the end of the day getting it, or you know, a thousand, I don't know, I'm probably not going to make it to a thousand, I'm sure, but it, it works either way, and that that was my goal. was just like, hey, set this up so it's safe, see where it goes.
0: As of today, as of this recording, you have three hundred and sixty-three backers. You have hit funding. Uh, you your funding was fifteen hundred. You got three thousand eight hundred twenty-five, and twenty-three days to go.
1: Yeah,
0: that's that's pretty amazing.
1: I, again, I am. I, I don't have the words. I the support I've got from people, be it you know obviously backing, but also just. People messaging on Twitter or Facebook saying, "Hey, this looks really cool." I it's been uh, overwhelming. I don't want to don't want to tear up, but <laughs> I'm tempted to. Uh, it's it's been really great, and and like I said before, it's completely blown away any expectations I had. It's been fantastic, and that's again one of the things that drew me to the platform. There's such a great community of people doing this stuff, and so many cool books coming out of it. That as I looked at, all right, I've got a book going kind of through the publishing pipeline. Uh, I'm really excited about that. As I'm seeing all these things happen, I think the one that tipped it over for me was uh, the beef brothers. I think it's called, um, was a Kickstarter earlier this year. This looked really cool. And I thought there are some amazing books coming out there. There are opportunities to do really cool, different things. And I sort of had a good, I think platform for the story. And as the story came together, as I just said, all right, it's time to, to jump into this and see how it goes.
0: Well, I got to tell you, uh, what a perfect time to do it and jump in because there's a lot of people looking at comic book Kickstarters right now, Uh, especially throughout (laughs) the pandemic. I think we hit like record high of comic books on Kickstarter. I think at one point there was like 400, 500 uh, Kickstarter comic books on, on, on there. And there was more even on Indiegogo and other crowdfunding platforms that didn't get bunched into that, those numbers, those statistics yeah. there. Um, so, so it's what a, what a wonderful time for it is for, uh, uh, you know, creator owned books and, and, uh, things of that nature. Um, people are watching, people are definitely watching. Um, we're going to take a quick break right here, Uh, When we get when we come back, we're going to we're going to talk to you a little bit more about your creative process. We're going to get deep into how you what it looks like when you have, you know, concept to paper kind of thing. So we're going to take a quick break. And when we come back, we're going to talk to Benjamin Morse a little bit more about his creativity. And we are back. And I'm here with Benjamin Morse. He is the creator, the sole creator. And he does it all on We Are Scarlet Twilight uh, issue one on Kickstarter right now. Uh, You guys just type it in. You guys can take it or check it out. I will drop links in the descriptions and all that good stuff for you guys. So you guys can go straight there from the show notes. Benjamin, I got to ask you, man, what's the creative process look like when you have a concept and you want to put it to paper and it comes out to the final product?
1: Okay, that's awesome question. It starts off for me with uh, I have probably very disorganized, probably 30 text files on my computer of just things I'll be like, hey, this might be a cool idea. And I've got a, a huge backlog of those. None of them usually are usable. They're just like things I jot down. Okay. Some of them I'm like, all right, what ends up happening if any of them do get used, they get combined with three or four other ones. Again, because like I said earlier, I have a you get a lot of ideas and I think that's cool. And it's certainly fun for me to draw. I think some people would like to draw to see me draw that if it's something they're really into. But as far as a really compelling story, I don't know that there's enough value there. So it kind of just goes around in my head until it clicks. A few other things combined with it, and I think yeah, that's enough. So for this, I had I've always had the idea that I wanted to do something pulp inspired. I love those old comics. You know, you look at them. Some of them are just great. Some of them you really like some of the feel, but you're like, oh, the colors are a little this or that or. There, the story goes in weird directions. So there's always been this missing link for me between what I want those stories to be when they're at their best all the time and what they generally always are. So yeah. I had that idea in my head for years since I was a kid, just wanting to do that. Uh, I had a few ideas about combining that with some futuristic stuff in the same way that not necessarily Blade Runner or Cyberpunk or Ghost in the Shell-looking things do, but you have your Buck Rogers, Flash Gordon stuff, and I want to have that kind of futuristic element to it. So that was another cog in there. Uh, As that combined, too, I had some ideas, and I don't want to give away too much fun stuff about the characters, but there was another element about, I would say... You know, and it doesn't really get heavily into this, but the idea of being an immigrant in the early part of the century when, you know, a lot of our families came over that balance between what you keep, what you, what you try and throw away, whether that's a good or a bad thing, that was kind of rattling around in my head. And that was the last big piece. And then I thought that was a compelling starting point for a character. So once those came together, uh, that was pretty much it. That's where the. The floodgates opened. I was drawing out sketches of the characters. I what I generally do as far as writing goes, and I'm not a trained writer, and I always feel you know weird spouting <laughs> off about my writing process because I think, well, writer, people who went to school for this are like, oh my god, listen to what this guy does. But um, I generally sit down with an InDesign file. Uh, I make eight pages per spread, and I I do panel breakdowns at the same time that I write. So I have kind of a template. Uh, I, I put in dialogue and notes. Sometimes I can throw in reference pictures. If I find an old comic panel, I'm like, all right, I'm not going to like copy this, but I want it to be sort of like this layout where everybody, you see them from the side and you see this part of the background and that all gets combined together into sort of like a vision board type situation with a script. And from then, i uh, I just set up designs if I need to, like I do costume designs for the characters and gather reference and I'm off to the races as far as drawing and coloring
0: that's awesome that's a great process and, and the one thing that i've i've figured out throughout this process of of interviewing creators is there is not one right way to create a comic uh, you know, I, there's those, and this is probably a really horrible, uh, <laughs> saying here because I know you have cats, but there's more than one way to skin a cat, right? That's horrible. Oh, I, know, they I, hurt you. I hate that. I, I know, they're, I know. They're mad, they yeah. are. I see them. They're <laughs> jumping up back there and they are ready to come at me. But yeah, there's, there's more, more than one way to create a comic book. And I don't think one person is, is right. And then no, no other person is wrong. And it's just what works for you and what makes it easier for you. As long as the outcome is something amazing we can put in our hands, there's dialogue, there's artwork, there's tons of work going into it and we can read it and enjoy it. That's, that's, that's the end goal. Right. And I think that is the goal. I think if we can all come there to, uh, you know, many different ways, I don't, I don't think one way is right or wrong, but I I love the one thing I'll
1: say. Oh, I'm sorry.
0: No, no. I just said, I love your process. That sounds, (laughs) that sounds to me like the easiest way. If I was an artist, I'd be like, dude, that's my way, but
1: I don't do. (laughs) To me, the one thing I can say, I think is objectively good about it. Besides just it being what works for me is, and this is something I do in every stage of my art because I'm all digital. Um, I actually do my artwork all vector with a mouse. Oh, wow. uh, When I draw it out. Okay. It's it's something I learned coming up just in commercial art. Having to do like technical illustration and things like that, it just sort of is the way I approach things. It got okay. to be really easy to do that. Mm-hmm. I've never had the steadiest hands. In fact, getting into art school, my mom had to cut mm-hmm. all my maths for me around my paintings because <laughs> I could never get them right.
0: And that's that's what my, my problem would be. I'd be like, I don't know if I could have that steady of a hand to just have clean lines.
1: <laughs> yeah, I can, you know, I paint, do, do, do great at that or yeah, as good as I can. That was never a problem. But the when you really need to get that super beautiful mm-hmm. Joe Sennett style line. Yeah. Uh, I started off in the illustration studio when I graduated college and my boss was a, in his 60s. He, I yeah. saw him drawing a plane for a Sheldon's book in ink. He just sat down, did the most beautiful, perfect line with a marker. I said, Jerry, how did you do that? Yeah, I mean, what's the trick? He said, well, I practiced for years and years, about 20 minutes a day for about 40 years and then it started to click and I thought, oh my gosh, (laughs) I don't think I'll be employable for 40 years (laughs) while I work, while I figure things out. So Uh I better find a faster way. Okay. And that's how, that's what led me to that. And the one thing I'll say about that that I think is good and about my writing process Mm -hmm. as well, is that I always want to get as much onto the page that is representative of the final because a lot of times you'll get a really nice drawing but you ink it; it doesn't. You, you see, it reveals problems. Mm-hmm. Or you have a great, great ink drawing, but you color it, and there's less or more detail than you really wanted. Uh, so I always liked it. I, in fact, I'll throw color down as I'm drawing, just so I'm kind of looking at the density of my shadows and uh-huh. my line, my rendering, so I know now this place, this part needs to be kind of blank and let the color okay. shine. This needs some more detail, or it looks sparse. So a lot of my process is about not necessarily getting things down on the page really mm-hmm. fast that will be in the final but they'll give me an idea of the final and I'll be, I I will. not And I think it goes to script writing too. You don't write this huge, beautiful sequence and then say, Oh gosh, I don't want to cram all this dialogue into one page or three pages or whatever I have. Mm -hmm. I've got, I've got that in my head all the time. I've got those three pages. I'm looking at the dialogue when I put it in and I know how much space it's going to take up. So that that's kind of my North star as far as my writing process, my layout process, my drawing, rendering and coloring is I want to, Make sure I'm not going off on a tangent that looks cool at the time, but is not going to work in the final.
0: That's uh, <laughs> it's that's hardcore, man. Because you're you're got to be constantly, always thinking about everything as you're doing this process. How do you go from creating something like this in this manner to going on to a book that is going through like you know a publisher and working with the team?
1: Well, I have to say I, I have done that before um, and it worked out okay. I don't, I, the, I was drawing a book a few years ago that in that kind of situation, and I think I bit off more than I can chew. It was on me. I, I just was not fast enough and the quality was horrible, but I would say that the team I, going into it, expecting that it, it's fine. You expect some changes. You expect to collaborate with people. And there's, there's a lot of fun that comes out of that too, because people have cool ideas that you think, Oh wow, that's not what I was going to do, but I think that would be awesome. That would be fun, and I think it would be cool to a reader too. So it is a big change, but I think it has its positive aspects as well. I mean, certainly creating comics is such a solitary thing. It's nice to have a team. It's nice to have people to send things to and say. Even if you get some changes back you don't necessarily feel like doing, you at least are, you know, all in the kind of in a gang and doing it, and and that's fun as well you get some so kind you, of feedback.
0: Yeah. Yeah. That's that. Yeah. I, I think that would be a, a great benefit, uh, you know, especially when you're, I, I don't know about you, but there's, co- I'm constantly sometimes, you know, uh, doubting myself and saying, Oh man, I've, I just had somebody else to bounce this off of. And if they said what I think is going on here, it would just solidify my thoughts, you know? So I think it would, <laughs> I think it would just benefit us a lot, a pretty, pretty well when working with like that. But also, you know, savoring the process of when you're able to work something, work on something like this by yourself. I think that that's, that's a testament to your talent as well and your patience. Cause man, I would just be digging in on myself so much. <laughs>
1: oh, I have those moments. I I'll run things past when I was like, "Is this too violent? I worry this seems <laughs> like kind of this is horrible. I don't know. I shouldn't." It's like, "No, it's fine. I it's, tell you if it wasn't." And uh, you know, so if you, I bounce stuff off of her and some other people, but. It, oh, don't no. Don't think I don't have those moments for sure. I'm like, oh my god, wait a second, this is all terrible. I need to start over. That, in fact, my other book, August, uh, I came up with the idea for that in about 2011, 2012, and it took. You know, I started drawing it out. It it, it would have been okay. It was kind of a rough, um almost an improv story. And that I have him. He starts off. He lands on the planet. He just you learn more about him as his adventures unfold. And it was kind of like. All right, what would be cool next? Let's do that. That could that was an okay approach. I don't think it was going to work with me, but I could see someone doing a comic like that and having it turn out. I would say as the years went by and I thought of more things that made sense for that book, there was that sort of process that much like the Scarlet Twilight book, how the different things like, all right, if I had this element and that element, but this new thing I thought of too, that's enough. Um, that takes its own amount of time, a couple of years, but I started that over and threw it out probably three times. You are probably seeing when that comes out the fourth or fifth version of some of these scenes. So yeah, that's, that has its drawbacks too, is, is, you know, you, you live with something for a while. You're super close to it. You come back and your, your judgment's off.
0: Like I can see that. Okay. So I, I got to tell you, man, it's been wonderful talking to you. Uh, this book looks gorgeous. Uh, I love the price points. You, you guys, you got you got to check this out. Uh, head over to kickstarter.com right now and type in we are scarlet twilight issue one and uh, it's already been funded but you guys have to pack this book because I'm gonna tell you guys the prizes here. Yeah, I'm gonna start off with the two dollar pledge, where you get a two a two dollar digital edition of this book, and I gotta tell you, I'm I'm looking at it on my iPad, and it looks gorgeous in high definition. I'm telling you, and, and you get the physical copies is at five dollars. You get a variant cover and a and a and a uh, standard cover choice. Um, I think it convinced me, man. I think I'm gonna go with. I think I might buy the the standard and the uh, variant cover. Because awesome. they look, awesome. uh, I think well, I can 10 bucks. I think I could do 10 bucks, man. This is, right. this is, well, uh, the
1: shipping, which of course is, uh, you know, all over the place. But yeah, <laughs> but yeah, that's, uh, I appreciate
0: it. So probably mo- under 20 bucks can't beat it, right? For a couple of books that not. look gorgeous. Uh, you know, man, I gotta tell you, this is great. Appreciate you hanging out with me, Ben. Uh, please, this is where you would insert the, website and how everybody can find Kickstarter and all that good stuff
1: thanks for having me on if you guys want to check out the Kickstarter uh, like Joey said it is on uh, do a search for we are Scarlet Twilight or find me on Twitter and I have the pin link there it's Benjamin W Morse and I hope you if you check it out I hope you like it
0: I you, I gotta tell you guys beautiful book uh, gorgeous gorgeous stuff the story is even great um, you, you guys will love this if you guys are into pulp uh, you know type of genre uh, you guys will love this. Um, uh, I'm in. I'm in, man. All in on this one, and I'm excited for it. All right, man. Thanks for hanging out with me right here on the House of Indie. We are talking to Benjamin Moore's, creator of We Are Scarlet Twilight, issue one on Kickstarter. Go check it out right now, and we will see you guys next time right here on the House of Indy, exclusively on the Geek Collective an Age of Radio Network. We'll see you guys next time. say the house of Indy? At the house of Indy.